Tell you what I had in Barcelona once was uh, just bread soaked in milk. Sounds gross. Delicious. What kind of uh, like yeah. like really sweet? like like a, milk? like a soft like a, I don't know what type of bread it was maybe like a don't think it was a brioche it was pretty airy and pretty well risen so it was like a normal loaf but do you dip it in there no it comes in a bowl or a like a fucking trough with milk inside trough. it it's like a, it was pretty big it wasn't a small yeah. piece of bread um, so it wasn't yeah. like a fucking slice like this Is big this it was a like a wedge. Of- did, a bit. loaf of bread in it's a, a wedge like this milk. in terms of width, and to give you an idea, that's the size of the thing. That's that's how that's that's how big it was. That's how okay. tall this piece of bread was, like an upended sponge, like that. Yeah, but also more like part of a loaf. Um, and it, right. they obviously had put it in the milk for quite a while because it all soaked in, but it still had nice texture. It wasn't just mush, and it was so fucking delicious. That's so weird. good. That's yeah, I'm not thing. sold. That's on what this. I thought. The reason, only reason why we got it was because we said to the the waiter, "What would you recommend?" He was like, and it, "Bread soaked in milk." What? He said, "Try it. You'll. Be, I'll make a believer out of you." So, and then he goes right. into the kitchen. He's like, "Man, I fucking got fucking another delicious. English idiot to get that bread and milk." Yeah, it was bread and milk. <laughs> oh, fucking. Hey, tosser. just just pour some. Just get one of those troughs. Pour some fucking milk bread on it. Put the bread and charge him like it twenty was, quid. It's like it that was sh- delicious. It's that chef in it The Simpsons. Hey, a Luigi, the ugly kid. Give him some of the red crap. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you miss yeah. your friend what else do we have Luigi. Make you something well. really nice. Right there too. That was tasty. Um, yeah, should we just do Bang the intro? It. Yes. Whenever yep. you're ready. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to another edition of the Pick Six Podcast, uh, UK Pick Six Podcast, even. And I'm really tempted to leave Jazz's uh, <laughs> pudding discussion that we've just had in there about milk bread as <laughs> milk, the opener of the show. Delicious. Bread. Yeah, that sounds like always. That sounds like Charlie from Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah. It's like created a pudding to be honest we've boiled your bread in milk perfectly sir as you would like yeah um, i mean it's yeah. not boiled it's just led to soak right, but I mean, yeah the other thing i need to comment on is jazz's background which is like some kind of odd stately home yeah if you're if you're looking at any of the video stuff, world, he is yeah he's moved from the office to downton abbey to do podcasts did you, now did you did you paint <laughs> that uh, bowl of fruit jazz or no i wish i did i think it's quite i was just gonna just gonna put it into frame i think it's quite a good picture actually but no, I is didn't. it fruit or is it flowers? Actually, it's definitely flowers, flowers. Definitely not fruit. Yeah, lots of flowers. It's like a bouquet right. of flowers, hmm. or a bouquet. How do you want to say it? So for for a, for a sport NFL podcast, this is <laughs> really it's pretty off topic. Yeah, um, <laughs> food and then kind of interior decorating plus art. Yeah, we should have asked. Yeah. Uh, we should have asked our guest about interior decorating actually. We should have done actually. Yeah, obviously, if you you're bouncing lots... around NFL teams as well, like you, I guess you have a house somewhere, but you then move somewhere else and rent for the season and all that kind of stuff. And does that create like interior decorating problems or I don't know? Um, but we did have a guest on. Maybe the next guest. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe not. Actually, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> thinking maybe that'd be off topic. Again. Thought process aloud doesn't seem that interesting. To be honest, uh, I'll take that back. Um, Leave it for the interior design podcast. Yeah, yeah. Do that. We had a uh, we had Brandon Copeland of the New England Patriots on the show though that was more interesting than talking interior design. Um, yeah, he was wicked. We I think we've spoken for about great, twenty great minutes. Chat, great interview, just inspiring, absolutely inspiring. Yeah, loved it. How was what was it like talking to a pro athlete? No, intimidating, yeah. but he was really he's just a really good speaker. So you didn't you know we didn't have to kind of put a lot of work in. So, and I don't think that me or Jazz said anything too stupid. No, so not that's, at all. that's nice. We'll find out when Ollie 
goes back and listens to it again and we find out that actually we ruined the whole thing. But that's fine. We're allowed to do that. And then Ollie can fix it for us. <laughs> yeah, I'll just yeah. sort I claim, it I claim ruining Ollie's career and life is my right. Oh, cool. Great. <laughs> so this will be the last UK Pick 6 podcast fun, that though. we do. It was really know? good fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brandon was really cool. Big thanks to Whitney Holtzman for sorting out uh, Brandon joining us and having a chat. All things... New England Patriots, all things his off the field work, dealing with uh, educating people in how to be financially sufficient. Basically, he he used the phrase which I've heard him use a bit, um, teaching people to feed. Because he said, because you asked him about a free holiday, and he was like, ah, I didn't say I was going to feed you. I said I'll teach you to feed. You know what I mean? Like, which was I thought you said to fish. Oh, fish. That was it. Yeah, no, to fish. Excuse me. Because I mean, if you're going to get the quote, get it right. Well, I'll go back and listen to it in the show and then edit it. This is the joy of editing. <laughs> <laughs> it all sound the perfect. Producer writes. <laughs> um, you got it. You got it. Yeah, we bounced around a load of stuff though. Uh, covered plenty. Um, his movements around the NFL. A uh, fair bit of his career stuff in New England. Bit of food. Around. Bit of food. Bit of uh, versatility. Bit of, wardrobe. bit of wardrobe. Competing with yeah. Cam. Um, yeah, it was great. Enjoy the pod. Have a look on the YouTube site and uh, check out the videos that we put out on social media on Instagram and Twitter as well. We'll give you the handles at the end of the show. Enjoy. Over the middle. Picked off. Season fired. Intercepted. Blitz coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore, down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. Quite a strange few months since the last time I spoke to you in Miami. Uh, world's kind of got a bit crazy. <laughs> yeah, just it's like been a little different, right? Just a little, little different. Keep us on our toes, I guess, all of us, right? How are you? Uh, how are you holding up with everything, man? How's it all been from just a rather than an NFL player's perspective, but from your personal perspective, being in the states and everything? Yeah, no, everything has been. I mean, obviously, it's just, uh it's bizarre to to watch what's going on in our world, and I mean, it's one of these things that you literally never, ever, ever thought could happen in the sense of, I mean, sometimes you go outside and the world is starting to open back up a bit now uh, for better or for worse, but uh, you know, go outside. Sometimes it looks like a zombie movie or something, right? Like the middle <laughs> of I am legend, there's nobody outside. It's like, what is going on? But there's also, you know, for me, I choose to try to find the, the positivity and everything. And I think I'm a big believer in, in Christ and in God. And, and, you know, I, I strongly believe that everything happens for a reason, good and bad. Right. And, and so I understand it's a part of a bigger plan and I choose to try to find the opportunity in everything. So for me, that opportunity looks like spending more time with my family than I ever, yeah. ever imagined I ever would. Right. And, and taking time to enjoy the little things and the details. And, you know, my son just turned one last weekend. Uh, we wouldn't have got to spend this much time together because I'd be in Florida training for the season right now and in March and all of those things. So, um, so yeah, you know, you, you take the good with the bad, you know, and, and obviously in the meantime, praying for all the people affected by COVID, um, you know, affected by, by, by this, you know, pandemic, you know, and, and it's definitely, 
out of our control. However, you know, I choose to focus on the things that I can control and, and you know, uh, spending family time, never going to complain about that. Congratulations uh, on the little one's first birthday, man. Um, Thank you. I was actually watching an interview that you did a kind of this time last year or about 10 months ago, and you said, you know, it was two months since your son had just been born. And I was really worried and panicked that we were actually going to like tread on some sort of birthday thing this week or anything like that. And that you're going to be doing a Zoom call with us and like birthday cake all over the place and stuff, man. Yeah, we're not that important (laughs) that you're going to miss anything. I mean, no. (laughs) What did you do for your son's birthday? Did you have like a socially Uh, distanced party? Yeah, well, no, we didn't even do a party. I mean, we did a party with the people who are already at our house, uh, you know, calling some people on FaceTime. But uh, my wife had us up till 2 a.m. Um, you know, (laughs) thankfully so, because, uh, you know, we were able to put together this amazing, you know, balloon presentation, all these different things. I mean, she could be in a, we could be, I told her we need to start an event planning business. That might be the new side hustle. Another, another business, another side hustle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so we put together a bunch of different things like that. Uh, you know, obviously got him cake. For a little, we did a little cake smash. Had a bunch of little games for him and stuff like that. Got him a ball pit. You know, couldn't go to. Obviously, can't go to. Uh, I, I remember being a kid going to Chuck E. Cheese and diving into the little, you know, <laughs> plastic ball pit with all the different yeah, colors yeah. and all of that stuff. So, you know, we were able to get a get one on online and and you know, he's happy. He doesn't even. He won't even know. He, he doesn't remember. Know how yeah. hard it it's for, it's all for, for you, you guys, guys really. really. Yeah, you wanted <laughs> the balloon exactly. thing. Don't lie. exactly so you know i I think he enjoyed by his pictures he enjoyed you know i posted something to my instagram of him uh dancing after he smashed his cake uh and everything like that so you know it's uh he's a funny kid so i just got an image of you brandon diving into the ball pit (laughs) on your own (laughs) everything yeah yeah Yeah. there's always one man there's always one um kind of uh a strange time to be moving teams as well then this off season and so I was again I was looking at the dates and how it all lined up and obviously you've just well you signed this off season for the New England Patriots congratulations you love cold weather Thank teams you. it seems going Detroit <laughs> New York and then New England um, yeah but it was like mid-March that you signed with them and then almost 10 days or so after that Brady kind of announces that he's moving off was there a little bit of like a oh, Come on, man! I've just got here, and now you really. <laughs> yeah, I want to go to a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, as a football player, to be quite honest with you, you know, clearly it would have been amazing to play with, you know, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I would consider him the greatest quarterback of all time thus far. But uh, you know, I, I, uh, I'm also very excited to be in the Patriots organization, be under the greatest coach of all time. Um, you know, for me, my, my own personal football journey, you know, I'm just a guy who's extremely excited to have an opportunity to put a football down and have a quarterback say, hut, hut, right. So, um, my job is to go hunt them down and I'm, I just hope we, uh, we're able to do that as we normally do this year and, and stuff on time and everything like that. But, you know, regardless, uh, that's what I'm, I'm really excited about. So. You know, definitely good luck to, to Tom and, and, you know, but I'm, I'm clearly I'm excited to, to grow as a player, as an athlete, as a person in, in, you know, the Patriot way and in the Patriot system. What's your offseason been like? Obviously, you haven't been able to do any OTAs or mini camps. Has that all been 
all been distance learning? Did you get your playbook sent to you by recorded delivery? How did that all work? <laughs> yeah, no. So we've done, we did a good job this year of doing virtual meetings and stuff, uh, similar to the, the everyone else in the world just had to take our meetings virtually, get creative with uh, learning and, and making sure that you're digesting the information. Uh, training, you know, I've been fortunate. I'm fortunate to own my home and, and be able to turn my garage into a pseudo weight room. I mean, it's not LA Fitness or, or you know, you, you Exos or, or House of Athlete or anything like that. You know, there's no squat racks and all that stuff in there. Um, but it, it, for me, it's a chance to get back to being a high school football player where, you know, before weights and all that stuff mattered and you had to do a bunch of push-ups and run around the house until, you you know, you were close to throwing up type of thing and really yeah, just yeah. push yourself. So for me, it's kind of like Creed 2, you know, where, where yeah. I'm not sure if you saw that movie, but where, you know, uh, they take, Rocky takes uh, Sylvester Stallone, takes Michael B. Jordan out to, uh, you know, somewhere in the desert or something and, you know, they just go back to basics. And for me, that's, it's been fun. I mean, I think it's actually I, I'm praying that it actually uh, actually helps my body uh, this year and, and pays off for me in terms of the amount of flexibility, recovery uh, and, and the different type of training, functional training I had to do this year to get ready for the season. What, what are you benching in the home? Because. Dave has obviously has yeah. been getting swole this COVID. Like, <laughs> he, he's, he's been maxing yeah, out his reps tell. a bit more. Yeah. So I'm just wondering where the competition is between you and him gains this uh, this off season. Oh dear. Right. No, I love it. I love it. I, unfortunately, I've been doing mostly push-ups with bands and stuff. I finally got some adjustable dumbbells, but they only go up to 55. By the time I was trying to get the, the 90s, they were all sold out. So, you know. <laughs> You make do. Just do push-ups until you, you you can't do them anymore. Yeah, I mean, I get so annoyed the fact I've only got the fifty-five dumbbells as well, and I just you know, toss them <laughs> away now. It's so useless to me. Now. <laughs> I love it. Is it is it kind of nice? You touched on kind of going back to like the fundamentals and basics, and you almost have to take a bit more responsibility on your own shoulders for maintaining your progress this off season and, and maintaining that. Is that something you think is actually beneficial for players in general and, and certainly for yourself at this time yeah I think well I'll, I'll speak for me I know it's a benefit for me because that's just what I've done my entire career um on and off the field you know so my professional life and personal life I take complete ownership of it because at the end of the day if I don't make it it's going to be on me right I'm not going to be able to blame a trainer or a coach or anyone who did not give me an opportunity or COVID Right. Like at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be on Brandon Copeland and I'm the person who's going to have to live with it forever. So for me, that's how I've attacked my entire career for the past eight years and um, or the past seven years. I mean, going into year eight, clearly, you know, I think this situation lends itself to those who have experience doing that. But as you touched on, Ali, it's, it's uh it's probably going to be, uh, I mean, I'm interested to see how players come back to camp because, you know, for, uh, it, I'm sure the spectrum will be all over the place, but <laughs> it is a challenge from a discipline standpoint, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on and even just the mental part, sometimes you, you know, I mean, from a nutritional standpoint, sometimes you just want to have a 
great meal. And, and when I say great meal, I mean a fatty meal that you shouldn't be having type of thing. And you just want to enjoy and let your mind just unwind. But, you know, you ultimately have to understand, you know, throughout this entire time, hey, like I have I still have a job to do. I still have a mission to, to accomplish. And 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 so we'll see. I mean, I, I personally feel great. I personally have kept uh, strong. I've, I've done a good job of um, I do a good job throughout my career of giving myself time to just be a normal person in the sense of not caring about a diet and overeating and and, you know, taking some time to, to give my body a little bit of a break. You know, I think when you overeat and you don't and you give your body a break, then you're kind of messing up. So, you know, if you're going to overeat, you got to be ramping up those workouts to, to kind of balance it for me personally. Um, but then I also have been great at making sure all right let's take these three days to just decompress and then now let's go full on you know training camp hell week type of training just to get ready um and i'm in the midst of that now actually as well but i've done that in cycles throughout yeah i mean since march i mean we literally got into our house march uh we came back from florida came back uh from a, a, a union uh, meeting, our union rep meetings in Florida in March, and literally have been locked down in the house since then, you know, besides going to the grocery store. And now I'll go up to a turf field up the street and train one-on-one um, just to keep, again, a tremendous amount of space. Nice, man. So how are they going to work that with training camp then? When you get there, are you going to be all going to be COVID tested? Is it going to be so certain position groups are in, certain ones are not in? How's that going to kind of function? If they told you how that's going to work? That is the million dollar question. Okay. Right uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're still, uh, they're still wondering. Literally negotiating those things right now. So, you know, I think everything is a nego- every, uh, not unfortunately, but things are negotiation, negotiation between the NFL and the NFL Players Association. Yeah, yeah. I have, you know, a pretty good amount of faith that that um, ultimately guys won't be playing unless we are presented with the, the safest environment possible. And I know that, you know, ultimately our teams, um, I know the Patriots, for example, like they want us to be safe. They care about our families. They care about uh, who we are as individuals off the field as well. So, you know, I'm sure that they're kind of ironing out the details, I think, for I think the no one is arguing about the safety measures and protocols that need to be in place. It's more about, you know, from the outside in, I think it's more about actually getting everything that you need from an equipment standpoint and, uh, you know, cleaning stuff, you know, equipment standpoint, cleaning, what is it, not utensil, cleaning supplies standpoint, plexiglass, yeah. all of those types of things. So it's not yeah, that yeah. people are, you know, it's not like, hey, well, they don't need to be tested or, hey, they don't need this or, hey, we don't need to clean up after this. It's more about like, well, is it legitimately possible that we can get enough to uh, <laughs> to last us a week in the yeah. NFL yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. locker room as opposed to, you know, the five months that we need. Right. So 
I think, you know, but I'm sure they'll get creative. Unfortunately, it's not my job. It's above my pay grade. Yeah, God, I wouldn't want <laughs> that. Just do what you're told. Yeah. Tough one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing, um, isn't it? I mean, if you look at the NBA and their bubble, that works for a, a non, I'm going to do inverted commas, a non-contact sport because they can play games yeah. in short spaces of time. For the NFL, with the number of players on a roster, plus the coaches, plus everything else, you just couldn't do that. And then play even twice a week would be too much before the injuries would just rack up and take away the product completely. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think like you said, the biggest thing is just the number of people. Yeah. I and, mean, you know, when you look at an NBA roster, was it 15, 12 to 15 guys? Um, you know, we're 63, 53, and then you got 10 practice squad. I mean, that's a lot of people. 10 right coaches. There, right? So, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, trainers referees yeah. equipment people yeah, it's boys. yeah it's a big yeah, bubble so, it's a big ass bubble you know right? it's a, right right so it's it's again it's a i do not envy the decision makers on this one you know i'll, I'll yeah. say that hey brandon to to ask you a question outside of football a little bit you're you're really well known for uh your investing um mm-hmm. i um i read uh rich dad poor dad a few years ago and that made nice. me kind of uh, rethink my personal finances. I really didn't know what I was looking at, the difference between a liability and an asset, stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, how, how did you get into it? Was it was it always something that was there or did you always want to go yeah. to business school and get into it? Or was it kind of, did you read something or watch something and then that was kind of a light bulb moment? Or Yeah, no, I think experience uh, got me into it in a sense. So when I was in high school, I was fortunate to go to this great, program and be under a great coach. His name is Biff Poggi. Um, you know, he's, he's done a lot of things to help people. Um, and our motto was building men for others. And um, one of the things that I would always notice, we would go to, we would have like our summer workouts um, and, you know, it'd be like a random Wednesday or something like that. And he would have like 40 some pieces pizzas for the guys after the workout and there would be times where I would take a whole pizza home and this is very random but I'm literally giving you how some of this interest in <laughs> yeah. money started and I would just always be like as a young kid like how does he afford to do this like like the people just came he just signed you know gave his credit card signed and just let them go and like how does he do this every week like you know and I remember having an opportunity in the summer I asked him like hey can I come work with you can I come intern he owned his own business he owned a hedge fund and I didn't know what it was at the time can I come work for you and and for me going there that was the first time I saw Bloomberg term, terminal that was the first time I was watching CNBC and you know I still had no idea what the numbers meant and what was going on but that was my first introduction to it and I just ultimately understood like you know it seemed like, and I know he works extremely hard. He definitely works hard, but it seemed like, you know, this was a way to build wealth and be well off financially. And, you know, he wasn't sweating to do it. He didn't have to run down a kickoff or, or tackle anybody or run through a wedge to do it. And to me, that was extremely intriguing. So um, from there, that's what, what, what like peaked the curiosity. And then from there, it just became a, a evolution an evolution in, in terms of finding ways to dive in more and learn more and get more experience until I could finally manage my own money. Right. You know, first you got to get experience and, and learn in it, but then you ultimately have to understand, uh, 
I mean, I've used my 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 talents or my 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 God given ability to play football to get me capital and investable assets that now I can put to work. Right. So, um, so yeah. One of the things I've heard you say about that as well, Wicked. Brandon, was that you uh, always wanted to make sure that you haven't got to rely upon someone else signing your check. Are Do you, you think check? that your kind of journey into the NFL, having been cut and then signed really made that the focus of how you thought you should live your life? And if you've been a first round draft pick, for example, and have been given millions from day one, do you reckon you still have that outlook? I pray that I would have. Um, I think coming into the league, I always was, you know, I think just coming from uh, my background growing up and just understanding how precious every moment is. Um, also having a former NFL player as a grandfather in the sense of my, my granddad, Roy Hilton, you know, I think for me it was, I always wanted to be, more do more and be have a bigger impact than just a good football player right um yeah, yeah. and so even if i i 100 think that my experiences in year one and two have just solidified and maybe made me even more extreme to how much i work off the field and how much i save off the field because i've had it taken away from me i understand mm-hmm. how quickly the game can yeah. be gone and how quickly those checks stop coming in. Uh, but even coming into the league, I was day trading my rookie year in the middle of the season, day trading options and stuff like that. Really risky, <laughs> stupid stuff. In my opinion, <laughs> looking back because I wasn't able to focus fully on football probably while I was practice squad. Um, but <laughs> you know, I've always had that mentality of like, I don't want to be dependent on anyone because I understand that football again, doesn't last forever. That's a guarantee. Um, and, and you never know when knock on wood, you know, when your body is going to say, Hey, like this isn't for us anymore. Right. And that might not, it might not tell you, your body might not tell you that nicely, but it might tell you that in the form of a meniscus tear, a, a broken, uh, trapezius, uh, right. Like, like I have had right here last year. Right. Or, or some other way. Right. And so for me, it's always about making sure that when ever, you know, I know a hundred percent is guaranteed that the lights will turn off on this show, this NFL show at some point, let's me, I want to always be able to make sure I can walk in the other room, like a little kid who's afraid of the dark and me and click the lights on and we just keep going, you know? So that's a really, really good outlook. I is like it? that. That that image is brilliant. I love that. <laughs> I mean, I think my is favorite it? mental image is you going into an NFL locker room midweek and they're all like going, Oh, did you see, you know, the Lakers game last night? And you're like, Man, did you see the Nasdaq last night? Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> big smile on the face kind of yeah. thing. Does it yeah, like, right. do you stand out in an NFL locker room because you have that attitude towards you know you creating a financial success for yourself off your own back and have always had that kind of slightly alternative mentality like i mean i joke like standing out talking about the nasdaq in a locker room or something but did do you have you noticed that your attitude is very different to a lot of other players around the league that you've met and interacted with do you think uh well i think we've all expressed it differently so there's not anyone who's in the league who's thinking like i'm trying to be broke three years from now, right? Like there's, you know, everyone is working hard to 
maximize this opportunity for themselves and their families. For me, again, I just express my off the field pursuits and passions differently than some other players. Now, some players are only focused on football and, you know, a lot of people are like, well, that's wrong. As I've, I've, I've spoken with some people and I've said, you know, how many people from graduating from your college would kill to be making half a million dollars this year? That's the rookie minimum, right? Mm-hmm. You would put all of your work and effort into that, right? Like if, if yeah. you were becoming a doctor and making half a million dollars for the year, that would be your extreme focus. And guess what? You have the ability to, if you put the, the investment in, you can potentially turn this into a life-changing contract deal, et cetera, right? Um, so you can't knock the players that do that and take that mindset on. Um, for me, again, I've just – my goal, we have a foundation beyond the basics, Inc., and I think a lot of the heart behind the goal, the, the, the mission is to help kids and youth realize their full potential. Uh, the way we do that a lot is by – giving access to information and sharing as we go. So for me, I always think, and you know, I tell this to my, my, my students is like the reason for the my financial literacy class, the life one-on-one classes, there's people who write their tell all books at the age of 50. And I always think that there's people who are that person's peers, the author's peers probably look at the author, like, why the hell didn't you tell me this stuff when you were 26, taking the chances? Right. You wrote the book at 50, 55 and said how you amassed X amount of dollars and yada, yada, yada. Right. Well, why don't you share this with me while you were taking the chances? Because maybe I would have taken the chances with you and we all could be writing our tell all books. So for me, I just share as much as possible because I know that there are a lot of people interested, um, not personally in what I'm doing, but in what not personally in me, but personally, but in the things that I'm diving into. Mm. And for me, when I learn stuff about the industry or a different thing, my natural heart inclination is to share it. And by virtue of sharing it, it's, uh, it's gained some, some eyes and attention, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's giving back, isn't it? Amen. It's always good to give back. Yeah. Amen. That's legacy for me. That's legacy. I mean, that's, that's uh, helping people beyond me. You know, if I can help somebody be in a better money situation, you know, not that money is buys happiness or is everything, but if I can help somebody save a little bit more money every single year, so now they can apply it to a vacation with their spouse or a vacation with their children, right? They'll, they don't ever have to know it was from me or, or don't ever have to thank me or anything like that. But that to me is like, that is it. That is legacy. That is, those are memories that, you know, if I can have a little small impact on that, that is, you know, I'll, I'll be a happy man leaving this earth. I'd like to go on holiday next year, Brandon. Do you want to pay for that? Or? <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I didn't say I was going to fish for it. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I'll stay home then. Um, I, was, I was just wondering, Brandon, the, um, just kind of leading on from there. Um, I don't, I'm just kind of playing connect the dots, but is there the potential for you, given your business experience um, and obviously your experience in the league now as a player, to maybe, you know, as a when you step away from being a player to go into a backroom role? Or is that something you've thought about? 
wait, back room. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Like as, as an executive or, or you know, general on the, manager. Yeah. On the path right, to being a GM or yeah, anything. No, yeah, yeah. That's a, a, a great point. I, I, would not like to do it to be quite honest with you. Uh, <laughs> Fair and, enough. Uh, yeah. I, I, for me, I, I mean, do I think now this, I hope, you know, the listeners here understand my heart. I'm not a cocky individual. Do I think I'd be good at it? Yes. Like I think I know talent, understand talent, but I think we all to a certain extent believe that we do, but by being in the locker room, being an under, being an undrafted guy, you know, you think you know when you see it, right? I've been mm-hmm. on teams and you think you know when you see it. However, for me, that's just not the type of lifestyle I want to live. Like, they have a lot of sacrifice that they make. They work very, very hard working around oh, yeah. the clock and around the year. Um, and w- although I do that in my own business endeavors, that to me is not necessarily my particular passion or uh, the particular living I want to make. And I also, um, you're giving a lot of people opportunities. But for me, the hardest thing, too, is like you also you have to take away or end a lot of people's careers and yeah. opportunities as well by virtue of the business. And I don't sure. you know, I'm not sure if that's uh, that's not what I would want to do in, in the sense of mm-hmm. there's some stories out there. I'd get too emotionally tied into it, to be quite honest with you, to be quite blunt. So, um, you know, it'd be hard to cut that undrafted guy who's came in and worked his tail off, but we never really had a spot for him anyway uh, type of thing. So better to stay positive, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That (laughs) as well, you're, you're kind of businesses with your wife, isn't it? You work together. Yeah. Yeah, we do. She, uh, she's been amazing driver, not only for me, just as a personal inspiration and and muse, but also just in everything that we do from real estate. uh, She's co-founder of our foundation I mean, to be quite honest, she's come up with a lot of the names of stuff that we've done. I mean, you know, she works at Google herself and she she always says she's not a creative person. But, you know, I, she's one of the most creative people I've ever met. And, and uh, you know, I'm I, again, not to get into that sob story or anything like that or that that uh, the notebook. But, you know, she's inspired me to uh, want to give back and, and have a heart for giving back. I think I've always. I've always wanted to, but I think, you know, by virtue of just dating her and, and, you know, she's born for some of these things Um, and she has that patience. You know, I was watching her with my niece and nephew last week, they're six year old twins and we're doing, you know, we make them do school time every day. And, you know, I'm sitting there watching her walk through some of these exercises with these kids. And I'm like, how do you not? not give up already, but how do you not get frustrated? How do you keep your patience? You know, for me, I would have quit a long time ago. Like I turn on the TV, <laughs> as sad as it sounds, I'll turn on yeah. the TV or YouTube and like, we're watching some, some history right now, or we're watching some planet earth right now. We're going to watch some science. This is look at the fish, right? <laughs> she, she can walk <laughs> the math and the subtraction and all of that stuff and keep yeah. working with them and stuff. So, you know she's she's amazing that's my my heart right there how on earth are you an nfl linebacker because you're just like the nicest guy and yet you have to go out and slaughter people for (laughs) a living i don't understand this man where does that where's the anger at yeah man you flip a switch you flip a switch i think you 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 keep i i told my uh trainer this the other day it's like you know you for me i always know when i'm ready for football or ready to to hit someone because you just get a little more uh 
antsy. I think for us, you know, for a lot of players, it's their release. You know, we don't, you don't walk around like just on edge, ready to fight and fist clenched and all of that type of stuff. But, you know, for us, it's, it's our counseling. It's our therapy sessions for me personally, it is. So, you know, I, I, uh, it, I, I take a lot out of my frustrations with the world out on the field, my frustrations in the, in life. And also it's, you know, you learn as an NFL player, for me, you know, I've learned that the power is in control in the mind. And, you know, I, I, did, I was terrible at it my first couple of years. And that's why I think I wasn't able to stay in the league like I wanted to. Uh, but coming back, you know, I, I realized that the ones who make it and make it for a long time have ultimate control of their minds and they know when to turn it on, when to turn it off. They know even in training, when to turn it on, when to turn it off, right? Even in nutrition and on everything, they know how to flip the switch. And then when it comes to competing, they know one, it's always on when you're competing, but it's just a different level. And they know how to tap into that different layer in their mind that just makes them a sick person to deal with. And, you know, you don't have to be like me, even on the field on Sundays, I'm not like a, I'm not a dirty player or the player that's going to like, that you're going to be like, oh, this dude is, he's spitting in people's faces and all of that type of stuff. Like I'm still, it's not that I'm polite on the field. I just have fun. And when you, when you, it's fun to whoop ads. I mean, you know, to put it bluntly, right? Like, so yeah. That's the takeaway point, quote from this, Brandon. Yeah, you, you just, I like you, that. Just, uh, you, 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 you have fun and, and use that as the release. And um, yeah. So you're not a trash talker? Mentally, uh, the only time I talk trash is if I am a little out of it for whatever reason. So, you know, if I've learned like, if you wake up, for example, like you don't always wake up on Sunday wanting to play, right? Or you have a Thursday night game, you just finished playing Sunday, and it's it's not that you don't want to play, it's like your body might be aching, sore, right? Like you don't just wake up out of bed like, whoo, let's go do this, right? There's certain games that you do, right? And there's a lot of times you do, you know, I don't want anybody to misquote me or take me the wrong way of like, oh, I hate do- doing this. No, there's certain games where I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to go out there. But again, if your body is aching, you kind of like, all right, man, I just got to mentally get this thing right. Right. Mm. Um, and so what you do, what I do personally is, is those are the games where I'll talk trash because mentally I could be completely out of it. As soon as I talk trash and I get you to say something back, now it's personal. It has nothing to do with my body. It has nothing to do with how I'm feeling today. It really has nothing to do with the team at that point. Now it's just literally, and that's what why I've been good at football is because I look at it as a one-on-one matchup. It's literally about me and you and me just whooping your ass. Right. I mean, <laughs> whether it's special teams, defense, wherever it is, whether it's in the parking lot, it, once you've said something back, now I'm tied to that, right? And, uh, you know, I think that that's, you know, years ago, there was a, I remember it was a big, big falling out about Richard Sherman after the Michael Crabtree, he did the yeah, Michael yeah. Crabtree breakup and everybody was so, you know, how could he do that? Why would he do that? Blah, blah, you know, how would he be so demonstrative mm-hmm. after the game? Well, you know, his 
switch was flipped, right? Like he hadn't flipped it back off, so to speak. But like, you don't ask somebody to literally go into a, a mindset where I have to literally move 330 pounds of human flesh that doesn't want to be moved and then go aggressively make a tackle. And like, you have to get in a different mindset to do that. And then you put a microphone in my face after and say, Hey, like, how you feeling today? Well, <laughs> you know, give me yeah. a few seconds to decompress a bit. Right. So um, yeah. again, I mean, just understand like, you know, people aren't out there just thinking, you know, Oh, let's just have some fun today. Right. We're not about to pick dandelions together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Going back to the idea of that sort of mindset and thought of being on the field versus off the field. I think that you were coached by Kevin Green for one year in the Jets, if I'm not yeah. right, if I'm wrong saying that. Um, what was he like off the field? Because, of course, on the field, he looks like a larger-than-life character that looks yeah. a bit like a crazed man. Did he have any funny stories to share with you when you were there? Man, I, all I got to say about KG was he was one of the most caring, down-to-earth coaches I've ever had in my life. I mean, he just – you talk about a guy who cares for his players, goes to bat for his players, and, and also um, – not only respects his players just because he's been there, he's been one, but I mean, he really goes to bat for his guys and, and, and he all, he, he's just such a, a guy who loves life, always positive. I mean, even when he's coaching you up hard, he's still, I mean, he still will find a way at the end to just like give you some form of encouragement. So from, for me, you know, I was able to take a lot away from him as a football player and just, you know, understanding him a bit more is pretty amazing. I mean, what he's accomplished in his career, not only playing, but also coaching. Uh, but then, too, you know, I think just like his positive spirit was something that was truly, truly contagious. There's no one around the building that would have anything bad to say about a guy like KG and a personality like him. Brandon, amazing. we've taken up a lot of your time already, man. So I'm going to ask if we can do a quick one short question each. Of, and then we'll split. Hell no! It. Hell no! no I'm joking. Yeah. I really appreciate the time, man. But I know, like, you got a you got a family and stuff, man. No, no, no. Gonna, I'm you, you were saying I you had that cheat meal as well. Curious. It would have been funny if that was like serious. Like, yeah, get out, get out, <laughs> mate. Now nah, I'm good, dude. I had I had a run in with um with Justin Tuck after a game in London, where in a nice. post post match interview, I asked him if it was okay to ask him some questions, and he looked at me dead in the eyes and was like mum said that if you ain't got anything good to say don't say anything at all and i've never felt (laughs) so small in my entire life man so like i i would have understood if you'd been like no we're not doing this okay cool cool (laughs) (laughs) no i'm good man that's funny though you've um you've played in a few places um and you did say that you know you like the cheap meal every so often you got to pay and you know put the work in afterwards but uh, yeah. we had a we had a discussion about the perfect NFL journey around hitting like the best food joints and things like that. And I was wondering, <laughs> what are the best food joints from the teams that you've played for in the cities in the NFL? Yeah, man. Well, I'll say one of the well, one I'm from Baltimore. Uh, so when I played with the Ravens, we had a, an amazing amount of access to seafood places, right? So. Um, seaside restaurant in in maryland glen bernie maryland i'll go ahead and give them a shout out they do some of the best uh, crab cakes uh see all these different seafood platters and stuff shrimps shrimp and potatoes all these different things uh so uh, that's definitely a favorite of mine definitely get the bread put into it's, it's 
yeah, it's, <laughs> it's bad. It's great. It's bad. Um, I'd say one of the best places from a food standpoint that really was challenging for me and my weight <laughs> was <laughs> Tennessee playing with the Titans, uh, Nashville, you know, Southern Rips. cooking. Yeah. A lot of yeah, exactly. A lot of ribs, <laughs> a lot of fried foods, uh, fried chicken, all of those different types of things that just I mean, they challenge your your discipline, you know. Uh one of those places you, you can't go in order. I mean, they desserts were off the charts as well. And then uh yeah, I mean I would put those top top two places uh that I've been in from a food standpoint. Clearly, I mean other places have amazing things i'm mm. sure new england will have some great stuff detroit had some good places but i mean from those places they definitely uh it was a struggle to stay underweight <laughs> you should have stayed in tennessee and just ended up as an offensive lineman you'd be fine right right <laughs> you're a big nose tackle yeah, yeah. Exactly. That been like uh, vince wilfork with that big old gut of his oh yeah that's a big boy yeah yeah um i was going to ask you uh brandon about obviously uh you know after cam signed at the patriots um it's quite an exciting time i think there's a new energy around that organization based on that certainly from a fan point of view um have you considered how you're gonna have to change your wardrobe to kind of keep (laughs) up with uh have you got any feathers in hats planned or any purple suits that are in the back of the uh, the wardrobe that you're going to pull out? or Yeah, man. One of the best uh, lessons I've learned in the league is don't try to compete, man. And so I'm going to just <laughs> let him have the crown. I know that usually I'm the best dressed guy on the team, uh, but I'm going to just let him have the crown this year. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll compete for second, second best the entire year. I like that. Good man, good man. I like that. And for me, Brandon, with the uh... – your position this year with the Patriots, do you reckon they're going to keep you more as an outside linebacker, play as a mic? Are they going to move you around? Is something that you want to be able to be versatile so you can impact the game in multiple positions? What what do you reckon is going to be the, uh, the outlook for you? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, me, I'm learning it all, to be quite honest with you. You know, so um, unfortunately, we haven't been able to get together and get on the field, you know, and, and I guess the good thing about uh, – what I've done as a player previously and uh, just being able to learn multiple positions quickly. Uh, You know, the way I always train and stay ready is coach wherever you need me so that you can feel comfortable, put me on the field today. Right. If you can play multiple positions and you have more of a chance of getting on the field by virtue, right. Um, Of just the numbers game. And so for me, I'm just literally ready to play wherever, whenever they want uh, type of thing. So that's literally, I'm actually kind of waiting to find out myself as well. But again, I think what I typically do is I just kind of go into camp and, you know, I think a lot of people, uh, they'll get to know me as well, you know, during our time together. Because a lot of people, uh, when I go to teams, typically, you know, there is a learning process, but they don't really understand how versatile I actually am as a player from being able to rush, to cover, to setting the edge, to playing every special team if need be, to calling plays, to blitzing off ball, to being on line of scrimmage, to putting the hand down. I mean, I've literally played almost 
every position on defense besides safety and, and DB, right? So, um, so just trying to find ways to just plug into the system and, and you know, again, let the people whose, you know, job it is to, to put the best players on the field make the, make the decisions. Yeah, I mean, it's, of course, Bill Belichick's known for wanting to put people wherever he can to make them a joker. So maybe that's going to be one of the big kind of highlights of your year, maybe. Wait and see. hope so. I hope so. We'll wait mm. and see. We'll see how hard I've been working, man. We'll see <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's exciting. Hey, look, get Copeland in at fullback, man. I know they've brought in another fullback this offseason, <laughs> but, you know, Jimmy Devlin's a hard man to replace. And I'm just saying, you know, yeah. there's a gap there. Let's see how versatile you right. are, man. <laughs> the, the, yeah. I really appreciate Retirement. you taking the time out, man. That was um, it was really cool chatting with you again. There's so much more stuff I know. I personally would still love to talk to you about at some point. Um, would love to do it again um, if you're ever free and available. Obviously, during the 100%. season, you can start like sending us maybe the playbook and stuff like that, and we can start passing it right, out right. to people and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Start printing it up and putting it online, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a new that's a new asset, isn't it? That you can use financially beneficial. I think. Description <laughs> 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 service, right? Big thanks once again to Brandon Copeland for joining us, taking some time out uh, from, I guess, the awkward preseason preparation that the New England Patriots are having to do to get ready for an NFL season that may or may not still take place. No one really knows. Um, but in the meantime, we'll probably still continue putting out podcasts and trying to chat to as many people from around the NFL as we can over the next few weeks. You can follow Brandon on Twitter at bcope51. That's at bcope51. That's the same for his Instagram handle as well. You can find out more on his financial list literacy course at life101io that's at life101io on twitter and life101 on instagram you can follow us on instagram uk underscore pick underscore six underscore podcast that's uk underscore pick underscore six underscore podcast you can follow us on twitter at uk pick six pod at uk pick six pod if you want to follow jazz on twitter it's at jazz gillum if you want to follow dave at david black one and myself o underscore j underscore wilson remember to get onto the youtube channel as well to see more video clips nice shortened versions of the stuff that we've been chatting with with brandon copeland and back uh, clips as well from previous episodes and until the next one take care stay safe and enjoy <laughs> <laughs>